What's good? We had a um What are you drinking? Spindrift? Yeah, the fancy seltzer. Spindrift? You don't like spindrift? I never heard of spindrift in my life. It tastes like actual fruit. It's a little warm. You want a sip? Do you have an extra spindrift? Oh, this is the only one I got. Spindrift. Okay. Do you believe in cooties? No. Okay, cool. Do you believe in herpes? Because if I have that. (laughs) Well, fuck. Sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) I don't believe in cooties, but herpes, (laughs) that's like, (laughs) that's Bigfoot versus the Loch Ness Monster. Definitely. I agree. That's aliens versus Bigfoot. Yeah. (laughs) When the guy guy from, uh, what was it, History Channel? Is it aliens? Ancient aliens? Ancient aliens. Yeah. yeah. The hand thing with the fucking poofy hair. You believe there's aliens? Yeah. Definitely. You think they've like, you think people have contact with them? Oh, yeah. Of course. I do all the time. (laughs) Do all the fucking time, bro. Speaking of fucking, I'm an alien, bro. Because I don't know if I believe in aliens. I believe they're there, but I don't believe we've had contact with them. No, realistically, though, um,. You're wearing a, you're an alien because you have a green shirt. You look like the dude from fucking Buzz Light from fucking Toy Story. You know the little no, alien Unitary <laughs> man. He got me these like sample copies of shirts for the merch that we never ordered, and this was actually like four dollars for like a big batch of these shirts. So I'll take it. Um, yeah, no aliens. I think Area Fifty One was too big of a cover up to like not really be real, and especially like Bob Lazar and like his studies. All that stuff, like, I definitely believe in aliens, 100%. There's no doubt about it. You know about that stuff, right? Like, Bob is... Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I feel like this is going to be a very different podcast than the first one we recorded. (laughs) Absolutely. We did two and a half hours midday, pretty sober. I thought he had dosed me on mushrooms for the first hour of the podcast. Yeah, that was good stuff. (laughs) That was good stuff. Yeah, no, this is definitely a different vibe. But I also didn't know you as well. Like, I hadn't even listened to your album yet. Well, now you have. Yeah, we sat there right after, and like I listened to it intently, and it was amazing. And it's funny, now I go back, and I listen to stuff you've produced, and I listen to it completely differently now that I heard that. And I've been listening to it a lot. Like, I've been going back, and I really, really enjoy it. What songs have you heard that, like, you think reflect what you've heard on the solo project as as more? Well, it's very funny. It's like hearing the, the... Kevlar Soul, mm-hmm. hearing that, it was very emotional, and I got what you were trying to do with the music. And then when you told me that Skrillex was your favorite artist. Yes, one, one of them. For one sure. of them. Those two things made me go back, and shit, what's that um, that new song that just dropped, what, like today, uh, Happened in Hollywood, or the new uh, Token song? Saw Shaker. Yeah, but yeah, that was something in Hollywood. Yeah, that was a couple of weeks ago now. Oh, really? Like, okay. Saw Shaker just dropped. They actually did way better, too. So what's interesting about that beat on Saw Shaker? You heard that, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought that the other one dropped first. Though. Oh, that's I mean, all right. Dropped. So I sampled a scream of, like, it was some random Instagram clip from my friend. It was his friend acting like a fucking idiot. He was like, yeah, yeah. It was fucking crazy, bro. And I sampled that and it's sounding crazy. So, and then I took that beat. I sent it to Token. This is like April 2021. And uh, he loved it. And at the time, he's like, oh, you know, I'm going to rap on this. Took a year. 
came around. We did the song. He's like, I need to drop this next. I'm like, and I, I, I vouch for the beat. He's like, what beat do you think I should pick? I'm like, what about that beat that a year ago you said you wanted to hop on? You never did. You know, with the look, weird scream, with the weird fucking scream. Well, know? actually, I'm happy you told that story because that goes to you were telling me the process of making Kevlar Soul, and you were saying like you recorded a song like laying on the ground, uh, yeah. panicking, like you it you just are making music from whatever in your life is happening. Yeah, I was having a full bla- uh full blown uh, anxiety attack, panic attack. I actually just had one today. I'm like flexing it. I'm like flexing the panic attacks, dude. You got, you know, dude. We try to. You got to be open about no one. You got to be open about it, dude. I had a full blown panic attack. Me and my fiance, fiance. What the fuck am I saying? I don't know why I'm saying that. Sorry, I'm thinking of last year with a beat, and I'm like fiance. No, my wife. Me and my wife Andrea. She's over on the bed right now. I don't know if you can see the webcam at all. <laughs> if you want to say hi at all, roll over. It's like there you are. You're oh, the there. Oh now. shit! Right there. There's, there's Andrea right there. So that's Andrea, my wife now. I was thinking of last year. I was like, oh, that was my fiance. My wife. Um, we went my to wife. Storyland today, and I had a full-blown fucking panic attack, and it was bad. The sun just, like, ate away at my soul, and I just felt like I couldn't breathe. I felt like I was having a heart attack, and it wasn't. I was just freaking the fuck out for no reason, and I had to leave. Um, so this whole Kevlar Soul project, like, there was a lot of times during that project I was having full-blown panic attacks. My dad was going through heart disease surgery and you know all that shit and i was dealing with a bunch of health issues myself and a lot of the music i make that's why it has a little bit of uh, tension in release is because it cures the anxiety inside my soul that i feel it's almost like therapeutic for me on like a soulful scale you know yeah but you were saying like that album you were going through like your own mental state of how you were doing in a, a progression of right. uh, the name of the album is beyond the stream beyond the stream exactly yeah. and, and you were talking august 19th so i'm this is probably gonna be showing after that but august 19th is the day it released what's i fucked up though because my boy clancy i produced his whole entire album and that's releasing the same same exact day so i'm gonna be pr- promoting my shit while he's promoting his shit it's gonna be like a sibling rivalry but you know i love justin man that's my homie but you were saying that that whole album, like you were very intent about it being about um, your mental state and about anxiety and yes, everything. Absolutely. And I've been dealing with that too. But do you feel like how bad is your anxiety? Like, do you like have to like quit doing something? Yeah, it gets pretty bad. Um, it gets pretty bad, but I feel like I just force myself to keep going. And that's weird with the podcast then, because then there's episodes you can tell where I'm just like anxious as fuck. Because so you've that's had an anxiety attack during a podcast. Oh, 100 percent. What say was like, the most anxious podcast you've been on? Oh my god, this dude Pockets Graham is his name. It sounds like shout it's, out. I'll get anxiety too. Just not that <laughs> shout out Pockets. He's a good dude, but he was on acid and I was on mushrooms. And he just wanted to make it a bad podcast. Like, he wouldn't answer any of my questions. Oh, no. And I was tripping, and I literally, like, almost ended the podcast. And then my producer was like, no, like, finish it. And I'm Keep like, turn the, camera, turn the camera off. Like, I'm yeah, done. Don't quit. And then we, like, we just kept going. Wow. So, that was interesting right there. So, 
Um, have you done that much? Have you like tripped during a podcast? Are you maybe right like now? no, no? You you wanted me to <laughs> break some micro doses. I low key wanted this motherfucker to do a micro dose. I was gonna make a mushroom tea last time it came up. And by the way, we had a full fucking podcast before this that we recorded for like two and a half hours, and all the audio got fucking trashed. So thank this motherfucker for not having an audio guy. <laughs> I don't stuff. have an audio guy. I show up and do this shit myself. Yeah, he's solo dolo, man. He fucked the whole thing up, man. So You're solo dolo. <laughs> nah, shut up, bucked up, man. You do everything solo dolo yourself. I do, but I don't fuck up the audio. Never? You've never fucked up a, a session? Wait, wait, what have I fucked anything up? You, hey, you're going to talk. You're going to get on the podcast. <laughs> do you have an extra mic? Yeah, I have an extra mic. I have an. I was talking into my uh, my soda. Can we run a mic like over there, just on the bed, just in case she wants to chime in? Yeah, I, I can do that. Yeah, let's do it. All right. So, so my fiance. No, no, no. We're gonna no lay where you are. No, that's gonna be more of a vibe. Actually, if anything, maybe we can do half the podcast. We could take the camera, put it on the ceiling somehow. Oh, we can't mount it. There's no way. Damn it. Oh fuck. Dude, imagine if you did a podcast and we we're laying on the bed together, like like on each side of the bed, and just like looking. Joan up. Rivers had that where she interviewed people in bed with her. What? Like she would lay in bed and they they get legend. in bed next to her and then she'd interview them. Dude, your boy Chris Tash, he did that. He he saw. Well, he didn't do that, but he, <laughs> you and he Chris met were Joan Rivers, bed. bro. Oh, he got in bed with Joan Rivers. Yeah, what? Well, knowing him, man, he probably did. How did you guys meet? Shout out Chris Tash. Shout out Chris Tash, man. I met him through a balcony at my la my uh, apartment when I was sixteen, and he was rapping downstairs. And my friend Mike was there, and he saw him. He was like, "Dude, like my buddy can fucking make crazy music. You should make music with him." And then, yeah, and you know what's funny about about Chris Tash is that without him, man, a lot of this probably wouldn't have happened because. He instilled in me a lot of the beliefs and the hustle and the drive that he had and early on that made me even have fucking confidence to do the shit I do. Because I grew up being this shy fucking kid that was kind of a loser. I got picked on. No one gave a fuck about me. And I just kind of broke out of my shell after I met him, honestly, more than I did before. I would say that he's a big contributing factor. That's beautiful. Yeah. And that's, I guess, when you asked, like, what I heard. Like, I understand your music now more and it sucks because in the last podcast we talked about how it was like the voice for the voiceless type shit but that really right. does make sense and that is the like lane absolutely yeah because there are a lot of shy motherfuckers like absolutely you gotta be the voice for the unspoken for that's why i always say to everyone you know um it's because that that's the biggest acts if you look at any of the musical acts you follow that are like the biggest 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 people they're the voice for the unspoken for like um recently i've been getting to like joji you know joji mm -hmm. um like like glimpse of us like he's doing the billy joel thing when Billy Joel isn't around anymore, like no one's doing Billy Joel. He came in and said, fuck, it, I'm going to do some Billy Joel shit. Um, difference is, I don't know if you saw the music video for that video. It was actually fascinating. It was like some crazy, like pink guy, filthy Frank shit on the video on this like sad ballad song, you know? So I think like history always repeats itself. The voice for the unspoken for can get repeated in history. It just depends on how you do it. It has to be new, it has to be refreshing. And I think anyone, anyone can come in and dominate using that formula because you know people 
you know, if they grew up with their parents, listen to this type of music or type of culture or video reference, whatever, and it kind of dissipates over the next generation, you can dominate that, take over that and then do it your own way. You know? So who was that artist for you? Um, try to think there's so many different I, like who was an artist for me not a singular artist i mean i can even look at like some like post malone when he first came out like no one was like him at all um you know this overweight kind of chubby dude face tats white dude doing like rock with hip-hop like no one was doing that he was a voice for the unspoken for you know um that's just one I came up at the top of my, my head. But a lot of the people I work with, I try to instill that. You know, when I work with Joanna Lucas, he was doing the storytelling rap when no one had that before that besides like a moral technique. And a moral technique never broke the mainstream chasm of like, you know, having Chris Brown reach out to us and stuff. Um, so I think there was a time and a calling for that to be a thing that broke through was a voice of the unspoken for. Because at the time, everyone was making club records, all these records that were... I, as deep at all and being able to do that and execute that kind of story and narrative it's a voice for the unspoken for same thing with like token you know that's another guy i work with token was like doing what eminem could do at the age of fucking 45 at the age of 13 and do it on an exceptional level and also providing like i provide musical artist kind of like things in the production with like weird distortion and mixolydian scales industrial kind of sounds that mixed with the eminem thing you mash it together no one's doing that so you not only are the voice of the unspoken for you also are doing some completely no so i am a firm believer in that anyone that's successful in music especially if you're the voice of the unspoken for as long as you have a good skill set you will kill it I was, and even if you don't, you, you can be whack. You could still fucking kill it because you are the voice of the unspoken for, you know? Yeah, I just saw... Um, I was just at J.I.D.'s album release party in New York. That's cool. And I feel like he he fits that. And what's that song that Ro you and Ronnie J produced, right? So, uh, Boom with... um, Yeah, it was Boom with Token and Jid. And Ronnie J produced it. I add a little production to it. Um, the politics of the game goes, someone like Ronnie J, I'm probably going to take the back seat with all the, oh yeah, Knox did it too. But I added some production to that as well. Um, good but, record. Um, and uh, yeah, that came out like last year. We worked on it for about two years now. That, that originally was like a TikTok thing that Token did with um, Angry Reacts from TikTok. And he peeled off Angry Reacts first and then ended up doing um jit on there why didn't there. you ever push being like the artist till now like the rapper the i think because in the era i grew up in because i'm 34 at this current time um when i grew up it was all gangster rap it was like you had to be gangster hood certified all that shit and i never had that you know um i was born and raised in the suburbs i was never like that at all and over time it just became like you can do whatever the fuck you want in hip-hop but when I grew up, unfortunately, it was just a different time. I think, I, I say it all the time, I think I was born in the wrong generation, you know, because I think this generation's way more acceptive of being unique. You can do whatever the fuck you want. Look at Saucy Santana. You have someone like Saucy Santana coming out fucking <laughs> in 2005, 2006, they'd be fucking laughed off the fucking stage, you know? F-bombs F going down, every, you know, people would be talking mad shit. Nowadays, no, no, no. So I just didn't, you wish you were younger? It. Is that what you're saying? 
Um, I, I don't think I wish I was younger. I think my experience and my knowledge and my maturity has um, escalated me mentally to be able to understand the climate of what's going on and how things are going um, and be able to apply it. Me as an artist, potentially, but I also think there's a market for someone that's older. And this is something we talked about last podcast with the being older and being able to do music. I think that's an untapped market. I mean, you have Jay-Z dropping records past 50. You have Eminem almost dropping records at 50. Granted, they have huge track records before that, you know, but Jay-Z didn't really take off until he was 26. You know what I mean? Um, and, and, you know, I took off technically when I was 27, 28 through Joyner's work, you know, so I should be able to be an artist and do my thing and be 34 and say, fuck it. Cause the thing is, I think artistically I'm doing shit that no one's doing. So who gives a fuck what age I am? It doesn't matter, you know, cause I, I work with some kids that are like really young and they get so wrapped up. And I know, you know what it's like, man, being that fucking 16 year old kid, you got some going on, you're creative, like, like some of your older peers, like, Oh man, you, 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 you're great. And then you look at someone that's older, that's doing it. You're like, ah, oh, fuck that guy. He's older. You know what? Y'all are wrong, man. Y'all got a fucking twister. You don't understand the game yet because people can be hip. Look at Gary Vaynerchuk, man. That guy's fucking in his mid forties to fifties and he's been killing it on the business. TikTok, Instagram, Snapchat. He's predicting all the new social media trends, all the new NFT markets, whatever's coming out. And he's, you know, over the hill as you would say, but just because it's not music. If he was a rapper, you'd be like, oh, fuck this guy. He has gray hair. Like, I think that's fucked up. I don't think that's right. I think anyone, if you're doing art that can apply to the culture of what's going in the youth, you can be older and apply to the youth. You can speak to the youth, but just because you have a couple gray hairs and you're a little older, I, I mean, I don't have any gray hairs, but still, I'm 34. Like, who gives a fuck? I think I sound fresher than fucking 13, 14-year-old kids that I hear. Some Sweden kid that uses loops in his beats. I don't fucking care. You know, I build everything from scratch, proudly. Don't you think that people will then look at younger artists the same way, though? Is this kid's fucking 15? Why the fuck would I listen to what he has to say? Um, I was that kid at one time, and I was 16. I was in a group called AWOL, shut out Chris Tash again. And I remember there was all the people that would be like, oh, your shit's incredible, but then low-key they would snub me. You know, they wouldn't give me the credit. Oh, he's some young kid. Uh, he doesn't know what he's talking about. You know, he's not using an MPC at the time. All these motherfuckers have to use hardware. You had to use a motif, MPC, all that shit. I was on a fucking computer doing this shit. No one was doing that shit besides like 9th one to 2003, Black Album. You know what I'm saying? This is like 2004, 2005, 2006. This is right after that shit. At the time, no one was doing that shit. You know what I'm saying? So people were looking at me like, yo, this kid doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. He's on a fucking computer. Fuck that shit. And it took you 10 years to then, in your mind, you say, get recognition. Acclimate. Yeah, for sure. You know, like, I was 17 when I first started with AWOL thing, really. You know, 27 is when I took off with Joyner. Ross Capicchione, the video. I think we talked about the last podcast. We'll cover it again. But that was the first, like, real success I seen off some music I did. Um, I mixed that record for him, and I added some, like, additional production. But, um, you know, that actually got decent um, reception. That was the first, like, viral moment for Joyner Lucas. And um, it did about a million views in a day or a couple of days, and it went viral. And I remember people around me were like, yo, you did that shit? I seen that video on, on Facebook. This is back when Facebook was popping, 2015 shit, you know what I mean? Um, but then, you know, that that was the first moment I think people recognized what the fuck I did, you know? Even if it was, like, me on the back, back of the scene, you know, I just mixed it, added some shit. Like, that still was my art that I contributed to, you know? So, What makes you think, like, you had this... And a lot of the people you work with have this, have like 
And you say that you're old now, but like you wouldn't have been able. You I'm didn't not old. I no, but all right, older than like an artist that, like you're old. You said you were born in the wrong I'm generation. Old than Kobe, Sofago, all these dudes coming up. But I, listen, I artistically can make anything for those guys. If anything, I can make something that those guys would be like, "What the fuck is this?" That I know is going to be popping in five years. You know what I mean? I, I've always been that. But you that were guy. also sixteen mm-hmm. in AWA. Like absolutely, you were that. Absolutely. Like yep. And that's what I mean. What makes you think people like? There's certain people that just want it young that are hungry. Oh, absolutely, and I agree. You know, when you're young, you have nothing better to do. You know what I'm saying? You have no obligations. Well, some people waste time well, when oh, they're yeah, young. Yeah, absolutely, you're playing fucking video games, all that bullshit. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you can make a hustle out of that. But um, yeah, are you familiar familiar with Andrew Tate? He's been killing it lately. You know Andrew Tate, right? Cobra Tate. He's been killing it. No, By the time I don't. If he comes out, I don't know if he's even still going to be relevant. But he's, uh, I actually look up to a lot of his principles. The guy's a man. Actually, I got to show him after. Um, very aggressive on the whole stance of like grinding, getting it, hustling. Da, da, da. Um, I think, you know, my whole thing is, you know, I've always hustled. I've always grinded. Even when I was young, when at the parties, people be drinking, smoking, everything around me, whatever. I'd always be on the computer. I'd always be making music. You know, you can ask anyone I ever grew up with in my circle. Shout out DOI. Shout out all those guys. I always was making music constantly. I would be smoking a blunt, drinking a 40, and I'd always be making music. I'd be on that fucking computer. Let's record a verse, guys. Let's put together an album. Let's put get, put together this track. You know what I'm saying? I was always trying to have that leadership mentality of let's create a piece of art that's going to last the test of time. Because these 40s, these blunts, this moment, you know what I'm saying, is going to fucking go. But the music you make is always going to last forever. You know what I mean? Um, Where did you learn that? I learned it actually from uh, picking up our uh, Fruit Loops. And uh, actually, I got to really shut up my uncle, Steven, because he was a big musician in the family before that. He was a guitar player. And um, he used to teach me, like, oh, use a metronome, learn how to play the guitar, learn how to play this, that, and the third. He was in a band called the uh, Famous Strangers. And, you know, he instilled into me that, you know, you could do this. You can be a musician and do it. Um, differences with him, he was living in the era where like all the labels, you had to go through a label back then, you know what I mean, 70s, 80s you had to be on a label, you had to get signed so they can buy the studio time at some expensive studio running fucking 8 track tapes whatever the fuck it was, you know what I'm saying he wasn't blessed to be around the time we are now, we could just do whatever you know what I'm saying, we could record this goddamn podcast and it can go viral, you know what I mean so it's, you know what I mean, like that's that's the difference. Like I, I believe in generational shifts that we're more blessed now than we ever have been. However, it's more saturated than we ever have been. That's why I always pride myself in trying to make music that is more cutting edge, more forward thinking, and more different than anyone else. I don't give a fuck if it's completely fucking different. Doing some weird ass shit. Like I'm I'm out of key. I'm doing some shit that's not even in time. Like I don't you give said a that fuck. on a song on uh, you know? Kevlar's Soul, you were doing everything your mind told you to do the opposite. You were doing exactly. There was a song called Summer Ray on the project where when I created that track, I literally started out with a noise from a synth. There was some insane, like, buzzy fucking noise. And me and Kyle, my, my boy Kyle that's in Kevlar Soul with me, were looking at each other like, yo, this sounds like shit, but let's use it. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, like, we would just use that and, and we start adding some more sounds. Like, pick the worst sound. Okay, we're going to use that. Pick the worst vocal performance. Use that. Chop up that performance into a weird off-time signature. Use that. Da-da-da-da-da. This big wheel of, like, creativity. You just keep spinning around until you have a finished product. And you realize you're supposed to go right the whole time when you're creating. Oh, you're going to make that good vocal performance, that good beat. Da-da-da-da. We just went left. 
the whole time. And guess what? You still end up in the same fucking center that you would when you go right. You know what I'm saying? So that's what I've been on with that shit lately. I don't give a fuck. I'm throwing all the rules out the window lately because I don't give a fuck, man. I don't get nominated for no fucking wars out here. You know what I'm saying? I'm fucking multi-platinum gold fucking RIA certified motherfucker that's so in the cut. A lot of people don't even know who the fuck I am, but the publishing's checks say different. My whole thing is I'm I'm uh I'm I'm always trying to break rules, man. But do you want you know? to be known like there's a reason you live up in New Hampshire and like yeah, yeah. stay low key and you don't post crazy on Instagram like I'm starting to. I'm starting to get into that. I took the whole like being cryptic, being mystique, all that shit. You know what I mean? I don't want to be Q beats. Shut up Q beats. I don't want to be this hidden dude. I don't want to even be Max Martin. If you look at Max Martin, he doesn't have a social media. The guy's a fucking legend. He's made more hits than anyone else in the past fucking half a century. You know what I'm saying? Um, but I, don't, I, I want people to understand who the fuck I am. You know what I'm saying? Because I think what I do is worthy of a conversation. I think what I contribute is worthy of a conversation. And I think it needs to be known what I do is that shit that I think is going to pave a path for the next generations. I want to create sounds. I want to create textures, movements, even ideologies that can translate into further generations because what we're supposed to do while we're alive is create something that's going to last into the next generations, period. Because if you don't do that shit, what the fuck are you doing? You know what I'm saying? You don't think you've done that already, though? Because I could... Kind of. Because look at what... Look at what you were saying, like, Joyner did with the storytelling. Yeah. And then look at, like, what Webby's doing now. He's killing it right now. It's funny because, like, a lot of people, And that like, show just got canceled. Like Which one? The, the like, promoter canceled his show oh, because Atlanta of the... One. Yeah. Yeah, because the thing is, the paradigm of society right now is anchored off of a bunch of financial institutions and asset management companies that own every single goddamn major company that you watch it through. If you're watching this through Twitch, if you're watching this through YouTube, that is owned by a major asset management company. Those companies have what's called ESG scores. If you break those scores, those companies get their funding pulled from the companies. So then they start losing funding. That's why Netflix started tanking. You know what I'm saying? So if you don't follow their social scores of, okay, you're going to show more Asian people. You're going to show more gay people. You're going to show this, that, and the third, which I understand can be a good thing. But when you're forcing that paradigm, like it has to be something that everyone fucking follows. Yes, that can be broken. You know what I'm saying? So my whole thing is when I make art, I want to break that shit. You know what I'm saying? So when me and Webby made Raw Thoughts 5, we talked about the vaccines. How like, yo, this is actually killing some people. My dad got a fucking booster shot. He had four fucking heart attacks after that shit. That is some real shit, bro. He had fucking four fucking heart attacks, bro. I had to watch him get carried out of a fucking stretcher out of my fucking crib two weeks after he got the shot. Now, was it because of the shot? Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. But I think it's kind of a fucking strange coincidence that takes two fucking weeks for that shit to kick in and all of a sudden he has fucking four heart attacks in a row. And then because of that song... That, that song was a way of venting that. You know what I mean? That happened actually before his whole thing. 
my whole stance on the vaccine vaccine program and all that shit. Listen, you get your shot, you don't get your shot, all good, all love. I have no nothing against anyone that wants to do whatever the fuck they want to do. But I don't believe in government telling me what the fuck I gotta do. I don't believe in someone that I don't that doesn't give a fuck about me, that doesn't care about me and my family or anything, telling me what the fuck to do, man. You know what I'm saying? I don't think that's right. And then because of that, you it know? goes back to the show getting canceled. It it, exactly. it becomes then privatized. I guarantee you that guy that canceled the fucking show was bought and paid for. He had funding coming in from some fucking ESG score motherfucking company, some asset management company. Oh, it doesn't follow the narrative. I don't want to lose my job. Boom. He starts slandering him, man. And that's what I'm saying. It's like like Netflix with comedy. Netflix used to. Special, especially. Yeah, and it's crazy they let him say that because Andrew Schultz was just talking about how Netflix told him he had to pull some jokes from his special, and Netflix was known about not telling you to do anything. Right. And now they're like, oh, you can't tell certain jokes. Because they're going to lose the ESG scores. BlackRock pulled in funding into Netflix years ago. And as soon as you don't follow what they want, and I listen, to be on the other side of the fence, if I was on BlackRock, if I was on Vanguard, State Street, whatever the fuck it is, Fidelity, whatever, I would understand. I, I would understand because... At that point, that is your company that you invested into. You wanted to follow the social paradigms in which you constructed. I get it. You know what I'm saying? So that's one thing I always tell people, too. Like, I understand both sides of the story. I only follow one side of it, though, because that's the side I'm on. You know, it's the side of freedom and being able to say and do whatever the fuck you want to do. Unless it isn't, it shouldn't be harmful to society. But I think, like, you know, the vaccine conversation, listen, my whole entire side of my sister's side of the family got vaccinated. They just came back from a trip or are fucking sick off COVID right now. So if it was something that really worked, bro, this, this, this shit would be working. These vaccines aren't fucking clearly working. But, you know, that's another conversation. <laughs> we'll get to that later. <laughs> no, but I, I think it's important that you can't even have the conversation. Right. And that's why I'm talking the, the raw, raw deal five. Raw thoughts. Raw thoughts. The raw five. deal. <laughs> raw like deal. A, like a business document or something. <laughs> the raw deal. The raw thought. But it's like right. you can't even say that because then it will. You can get canceled. But what's interesting about that, and I think, listen, man, like I've seen Webby go through some shit over the past 10 years of his career. Plus, he's had bad managers, managers that fucked him over, blackmailed him, took money from him. Bro, like when I started working with him five years ago, people thought he was a fucking joke, bro. Like, oh, yeah, he worked with Mac Miller five years ago. Oh, yeah, what happened to him? He fell off. I ain't looking him like that. I ain't looking him like that. You can't look at someone like that, man. They start making art and they, they go for a while and you start devaluing them because they've been around for five years. Oh, yeah, they're old heads now. Fuck off, man, with that shit. I don't believe that shit, man. Straight up. Age is age, whatever, man. If you put in a fucking art and it makes sense, it clicks, it does something, go fucking pay attention to that shit. If Willie Nelson dropped something tomorrow and it made sense and it was popping and it worked, fucking give him the credit. It doesn't matter if it's fucking Willie Nelson. He's 80s or 70s. What the fuck? How old he is? It doesn't matter, man. So Webby was kind of been, it was, he was around for a while. I hopped in the, in the mix and then we started doing the Raw Thoughts series. And from there, I've kind of helped cultivate some of it with him. You know, he writes most of it, but sometimes I'll give him a line here and there. Just kind of give him some ideas. You know, he runs with it. He makes it all work. And one thing about Webby that I think he's a a fucking genius at is being able to put things together in a very, almost like he's a politician. 
how he words stuff. He, he words it in the way that's like, it's almost like, you know, Adam Sandler at the end of one of his movies back in the day where he's like making that big speech where he has to make everything make sense. All the odds are against him. And he's on some like, listen, guys, and everyone's like, okay, this guy has a fucking point. You know, like Webby got that. He knows how to do that. And that's where I think he's a genius. Give him his fucking props, bro. The guys went up. Numbers-wise, attention-wise, we're doing shit that's completely against the fucking grain. And we're not doing it for clout. We're doing it because we believe that shit. And it's completely against the grain. What the fuck else is flying in that? So people that try to act like he's washed or he ain't shit, y'all just a bunch of fucking haters, bro. You need to go back in your little sandbox because I don't believe that. Do you do you really then feel like you are born in the wrong generation? Because you need there, there needs to be... Vo- you said... You know, there needs to be voices like this talking because there needs to be the other side of the question, too. Yeah, well, I mean, it all depends. I mean, like, I could go back a few decades, a few generations, and you can't say a fucking thing. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I think actually we're born in the best generation to be able to speak out about shit. I think right now they're trying to encapsulate us and strike down channels, demonetize shit for shit like this. I don't even know if you have to put bleeps in this motherfucking shit because I'm talking about I get a lot of videos demonetized. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm expecting this to get demonetized. As soon as I mentioned the V word, I'm sure that fucking got demonetized. But point being, I should be able to talk about that because, you know, I have people that have actually had heart attacks and issues from that shit. So I should be able to talk about that, right? So I think that's what's fucked up about everything is that we can't talk about that. But guess what? We actually live in the best generation to be able to do that. You can pull up to Mohegan's son in my fucking hotel room with this goddamn mixer board with two microphones, with a fucking webcam and televise this shit to the world. We couldn't do that before, you know? Yeah. So I think that's beautiful. You know, so I don't think I'm in the wrong generation. I think I'm in the right generation. It's just they're trying to make it the wrong generation. They're trying to control that. Do shit. you think we're on a downward swing or an upward swing? Definitely downward. But I think we're swinging up hard enough where it's going to reverse. It might take the power grid shutting down. It might take shit hitting the fan. It might take the monetary system collapsing. But I think it will be good. If you I have I have this thing where it's like if the world Like, are we really that important right now in time that we're the people that destroy the world? I don't think we're destroying the world. I think... I mean, this the people that are alive on Earth at this moment, we're the ones that are so important that destroy the Earth? Like... Well, I think we've been getting destroyed for a while, but I I think... Yeah, I think it's going to be happening sometime soon. If there's going to be a giant cataclysmic event of some sort that affects either our, our monetary system our our entire grid infrastructure um et cetera, et cetera. i think we are in the precipice of that happening within the scope of this generation to either my daughter's kids generation i would give it about a one to two generation one to three generation gap i think so what's the matter. point in creating then the point of that happening no, creating like art, like not like the point of creating art a is full that doomsday prepper. Oh yeah, dude, the whole doomsday prepper, you know, that's just something that I think everyone should be able to prepare. Everyone should be able to plant their own garden. Everyone should be able to start their guns, get their shit together. You know, just at least have it for a rainy day. You know what I'm saying? Um, 
but I think art transcends all of that. I think you can listen back to something two, 300 years, just like we listen back to, the, you, you know, it's funny because I talked to some people in the industry about this, is that the first Billboard chart and shit was actually Patriot songs. Back in the day, it was like Yankee Doodle and shit like that. Like, that was the hits back then. That was, yo, it's crazy. Imagine bro. putting that on at a party and being like, this shit slaps. <laughs> Yankee yo, Doodle. Yo, yo this shit's right. crazy. Bro, like, that was That's what a was banger. Snacking. It was a banger, bro. That shit worked. You know, that was the rebellious voice in the time of war and turmoil. We could lose every, we could lose most music and then just old music's the only thing alive because that's the only like non-digital music. And that's why I firmly believe like this is why I fuck with Webby hard because he gets vinyls of everything he does. He does vinyls and physical copies and he still does the, um, the optical discs. I think that's the wave. I think being able to have something off, offside of the grid is the wave. Cause what, dude? Sh- Spotify could shut down tomorrow. All the fucking service can get hacked. Who knows what's gonna happen? We put too much trust in all these companies that hold all of the fucking data. Way too much trust. It's crazy. Like even today, I use an app called Expensify for all my tax write-offs. I couldn't even log in that shit. I couldn't even figure out my login. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, I couldn't fi- find any of my receipts I was recording for the last year. That's my tax write-offs. Do you think this shit is going away? Like, I feel like there's two schools of thought where it's like, we will have this shit forever or it all goes away. Um, I think it can, I think something will always last forever. Like, are we going to be 95? Like, look at this memory from 60 years ago on Facebook. It's like the lady in Titanic. (laughs) (laughs) But it's true. Like, yeah. Is that what it's going to be? Or do we just, is that social media done? Like, or, I think it's going to be fragments of it left. I don't think it's going to be as intact as we think it's going to be. I think we, again, hold way too much trust. Are you sleeping over there? Okay, you definitely look like you're sleeping. I've had people fall asleep in the background of the podcast before. Really? Mm-hmm. Can you come over here and sleep on the couch? Okay. That's my fiance. Why do I keep saying fiance? I know. She's been married to me for like Today two Today is here. <laughs> it just sounds more fly. Like, that's my fiance. I don't know why I keep it's saying It's like that. French. Yeah. I'm also like, I literally drank an entire bottle of sake before this interview. So my logic is completely off. Um, so anyways, what were we talking about? About is this shit going to last or is it going away? No, I think it, it, something's always going to last. It just depends on how much of it does last, you know? Um, that's it. I think there's always going to be something at last. I think the things that make the biggest watermark of society in artistic integration is what's going to last. But yeah, dude, all this is going to get deleted. Look at what happened with fucking MySpace, bro. You ever try to log back in your old ass MySpace back in the day? I never had a MySpace. Well, I did. And you log in there. None of your old pictures are there. None of the old music that you uploaded is there. Nothing's there. The entire profile you have was probably deleted. If you have one, gone. And I uploaded so much shit on there, you know, like what if I actually relied on that? You know what I mean? I think we put too much, like we relied too much on these fucking companies of people that we don't even know trusting to own all our content, digital content. 
You know, we sign up, we install the app on a phone. It says, oh yeah, trust to a, trust us to look into your photos and listen to your voice text. And da, da, da. you talk about a fucking bread, you fucking see a co- an ad for a bread company pop up in your ad or a garden hose or something like some dumb shit. You know, it's, it's funny because I had a guy working on my septic tank the other day. And I remember just mentioning the word septic tank around my phone. All the all the videos I saw. This wasn't even ads, bro. It was like videos on my feed of like guys in septic tanks pumping <laughs> shit. I was dead ass, bro. I'm like, dude, I would they're never. Like, this look is a at big this. septic guy over here. He loves it, bro. They're like nothing excites this guy like shit. I don't think any of that's gonna last. I think we're all gonna realize how, and I think we already are realizing how bullshit that is, and how bullshit like these companies be able to take all privacy, all our everything away from us i just don't think that is the wave at all and i think it's going to reverse and i think a lot of the things we created under the guise of these platforms is not going to exist i think we value art differently too like you are asking me what songs i look at differently now now that i heard your project and since we talked and it's like i value music differently because i'll know a song i love Right, but I can't remember the name of it. Me That's not how my mind works because there's so much stuff that it's like I love it, but I couldn't like before I could name you the song. Like when there were C- CDs, I could name you the song, the number it was on the track list, all right. of it, and I don't have that anymore because our attention spans are so fucking fried. I don't know if you've seen the studies. We have us as human beings in general have. A shorter attention span on the goddamn housefly. Housefly is like nine seconds. We're like seven seconds in, in shortening every time. And there's a reason why. This shit. This shit, man. This is it. You know what I mean? We've never been through something like this our whole entire lives. And this just came out. This iPhone came out in 2007. So as of this interview, that was 15 years ago. That's not even a full, like, fifth of a decade of a century. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not, like, a, a generation yet. You know what I mean? Um, we're raising children around iPads, iPhones, I this, I that, and not knowing the long-term repercussion of it. I know relatives, nieces that are Zoomers that can't even hold the fucking attention past one sentence. You say, hey, how's it going? They're like, <laughs> dead ass, bro. They don't have any fucking attention span. This is what they want. This is what the system designed it want because they want us to be brain dead looking at a phone, TikTok. You know, I just had the guy speaking to the septic guys, you know, a couple young kids. One of them was 20. I was talking to him like, you guys on social media? Nah, we're not on social media. I'm like, all right, that's interesting. And I ended up finding out one of the guys was heavy into TikTok. Um, and I'm like, oh, you're on TikTok. He's like, yeah, yeah, I love TikTok. I love TikTok. You know what I'm saying? And... He, he had no interest other than that. Like, as soon as I mentioned TikTok, he's like, yeah, I love TikTok. Oh, shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, But that's why I you were asking me, why don't you TikTok? It's like I deleted my TikTok because I knew how much time I was wasting. I would go lay in bed at midnight, and then I realized it was 2 a.m., and I watched two hours of six-second clips that I barely learned anything from. You probably Nothing, don't remember any of them. No, even if there was one that was interesting, I can't name you a single TikTok that's like, I remember right. that's like, oh, shit, that really changed my life. Right. 
And that's what's burning the brains. Oh, because the thing is, we're old enough. Well, at least I am old enough. How old are you? 25, 26? 25. 25. So I'm 34. And I'm of the age now where I just understand what it is and what it isn't of this shit. Like, I can watch TikTok and I'll also understand, like, I can shut my brain off from that and be able to know that, hey, that's not going to be it. Like, like, I don't need to always watch this. I'll be fine without it. Um, you know, it's like the Andrew Tate thing where you can, like, snap, you know, snap your finger or, you know, blink your eyes, gone. Train your brain to just remove it immediately, you know. Um, I think that's a good philosophy. Um, I got to show you some Andrew Tate after we get this interview. Uh, as of now, he's, like, this hot commodity. Guy, like, came up in six months off in social media, killing it. Very controversial, controversial views on the world, but fascinating individual. And I, I agree with some of his standpoints for sure. Um, and that's one of them is just being able to like shut that off. You know, you get into TikTok, blink your eyes off it. Um, it's about taking the sweetness of it, applying it to a little bit of what you're doing. Dash of that, dash of that done. Don't get sucked into TikTok. Don't go on there for two hours watching shit. That's a waste of fucking time. But, but see, okay, that might work to a mind like you, but, and I'm I don't know, but I have such an addictive personality. Me too. That it it isn't just like a. It's like when people say like, words don't hurt. Yeah, they don't, but they kind of do. It's like it's easy to say like blink your eyes. It's dumb, but, you but can my train addic- yourself out of that. You can literally blink your eyes and understand that you have a fucking problem and snap out of that. You got to train your mind. Your mental ingenuity, your neuroplasticity, and understand like, yo, that is a problem. I'm gonna fix that. Blink your eyes, snap your fucking fingers, and do your step. And <laughs> you can do it all. No, um, can <laughs> fucking, um, but no, real shit though. Like you can, you can train yourself out of it. You know what I mean? Um, I'm firm believer in that. And some things are harder than others. Like I have chronic anxiety. Like I was saying earlier, like I had a major anxiety at the park today. I couldn't even continue going to the park with my daughter and my wife because I just, I, I overheated. I had too much anxiety. How do you deal it. with it afterwards? Like, how do you get out of a... Well, I, today I had to take Xanax. It was pretty hardcore, man. I take some fucking Xanax. But most of the time I either take some kava, shut out kava bars because I took this motherfucker to... Yeah, well, I went to my bar. first kava bar with you. Yeah, it was a fucking blast, man. Shut out Root Awakening Kava, Nashua, New Hampshire. I hope I get a goddamn bowl out of this. <laughs> um, But, yes. So it's about, like, breaking the mold, understanding what works, what doesn't, to be able to take over those emotions and solve it. Um, some is harder than others, you know, but I think with TikTok, social media integration, um, our minds and, and knowing what's toxic, I think there's an easy way to say, yo, all of that shit's toxic. It's as easy as just holding down the button, deleting the app if you don't want it, bringing it back on when you're ready. But I think it's about being able to engage in it for what you need. So with you, you have a podcast, you want to get it out there. You should be focusing on those apps as a vehicle and a vessel to get your message out. That's it. Fuck everything else. Maybe watch two seconds of it, get off it, you know? And that's what it is. That's what I've trained my brain lately too, man. But, yeah, it took years and years and years of me, like, scrolling fucking emptily through my social media feeds. And by the end of it, you just want to kill yourself. You're like, oh, my God, all these people are so happy. All airbrushed chicks and fucking dudes that fucking have a million different sports cars probably all rented, probably all fake. All those girls probably got fucking plastic surgery, probably all bullshit. But we're sitting there like, oh, my God, this is great. 
You know, I think a lot of people that are woke to that shit understand what I'm talking about already, but that's what it is. And you just train your brain to get out of that. Snap your finger, close your eyes. But that goes back to what we're talking about with like the corporations owning everything. Because if you then want to grow, you kind of have to play the game. You do. Um, and that's what I'm saying. Like I with think- social media, like I know how I look on social media versus who I really am. You do a pretty good job, by the way. Thank you very much. Your Facebook, especially. You do kind of have like a boomerish approach because your Facebook has a very like wholesome edge. I feel like I don't. I'm a wholesome guy. That's good though. That's good though. Facebook's good for that. So even though I don't fuck with Facebook, it's just so out of date to me. It's just an older tech. But I people see people do say that I'm like like boomerish on Facebook, but I am honored to be in any situation I am in. Right. And social media, That's when good. I'm writing a post, I don't want to be like, look at how big my dick is. I want to be like, That's I'm good. honored to be in this position. Right. Because I am honored to be in this That's position. Like, even, dude, it's so funny because, you know, I, I was nervous in the beginning of our first podcast. And then we hung out the whole day, but I was still nervous on the in the beginning of this podcast. Like, I'm honored to be in any situation I'm in because this shit's wild. And if I didn't make a couple decisions, my life would have been a completely different trajectory. Absolutely. Same here. Like I would have never been in this situation. I feel like you probably right. feel that same way too about certain things. Absolutely. And it's like what if you didn't just take time. the chance in yourself. Yeah. Well, after my mom passed away, I had nowhere to go. That's why my wife is sitting over there on the bed. You know, I had nowhere to go. She ended up getting me a place with uh, her up in an apartment in New Hampshire. I had nowhere to go. I would have been homeless. Um, at the time, I was maybe making a couple hundred bucks off music a month. I see me turn into that from, you know, to fucking at least five figures a month plus. It's, it's definitely plus. I mean, there's been times I've netted fucking, you know, six figures a month. Um, and that's just off of music. And you were almost ho- like, yeah, you were homeless. Yeah, I was almost homeless. And, and. I think it all comes off of the back of that where it's like, you know, I passionately channel my energy into whatever. Isn't it crazy that people will see you in that moment and not support you, but now they'll hear that and they'll be like, it's so cool you went through that to get to this place. What's even crazier is that there's going to be people that are going to watch this and, and, and just hear the monetary finger I just talked about and then give me props that have been withholding those props even though they've seen my success and what I've done to get hundreds of millions of views on my work and over, probably over a billion streams on my work. And then they, they don't care about any of that. But as soon as they mention any type of monetary figure, they'd hit me up and be like, dude, you're killing it right now, bro. I saw that podcast. It was great, bro. Like, I fucking hate that shit. Then why do you need an award? From a, like a, well, because that's not monetary. That's more like you, you recognize me a little bit. Like, but like... Again, like, what am I trying to get recognized from? Some fucking guy I don't even know that runs a fucking show politically tied in with a bunch of fucking producers they manage that have no fucking RIA certified anything? Fuck out of here, man. You know what I'm saying? So I'm And I hope you know and I hope people listening know that I knuckled you in that moment. One because you knuckled me? About when you said the the monetary, that's not a, not, not a kinky man. I fisted, yeah, I, I fisted you on the you, podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, there you go, bro. <laughs> but I said that because I'm. 
it's hope for people that they can be making. Some people make no money, but making a couple right. hundred dollars a month off of the art, being and homeless to dope. that point, to that you can actually be happy and have like a real life around art. Even making a fucking dollar is dope, dude. I still get like every once in a while, I'll sell some shit for like twenty bucks, some stupid shit like a, a lease beat on BeatStars. Like I don't post a lot of shit, and I still get happy. Even I hit up my uh, my uh, my. I keep saying fiance. I don't know why I keep saying fiance. Why the fuck am I saying fiance? She's my wife. God damn it. Um. <laughs> so I tell my wife, I'll be like, oh, I just got a twenty dollars sale. I still think that's amazing. Like the fact that like I could just be sitting there and get a twenty dollars sale on some old lease from five years ago. Like that's fire to me. Like even if it's a buck, like, I don't give a fuck. I value everything. Like even the Kevlar Soul Project that I was telling you about, like we're starting from the ground up. We released our first song called The Numbers of Lion. There's a reason I called it that shit because the numbers are fucking lying, bro. The music's way too fucking good to get a hundred views. But because people are so shallow and people are so fucking idiotic and look at them and be like, oh, oh, it's only a hundred views. This shit's whack. Like, fuck out of here. First mm. off, you're not built to even appreciate the fucking art I'm putting out there, so go fuck yourself. And secondly, man, that's just the beginning, baby. We went from, like, eight monthly listeners to, like, 30 in a fucking week. And that alone made me so happy. And I work with artists with eight, eight nine million monthlies. You know what I'm saying? Even more than that. That's beautiful. Like, so, yeah, like, I like. I, I think that's still beautiful, even one monthly. You put words you know? to a feeling that I have had. Like, people will ask me. People will ask me about the podcast, and what they ask me is, "Who have you had? Who have who have you had on that I know?" Which is like, who gives a fuck? You know me. You yeah. know me. I'm doing. The I podcast. also and you also like, like who gives a fuck about the list? It like. People cloud chase way too much. And the thing is, they don't understand how important you are. You have no idea. Like, so many people reach out to me like, yo, how do I get to beat the token? Like, some idiot fucking producer, some jackass hits me up. How do I get to beat the token? Joiner, whoever. Just asking me. Like, I'm some vehicle or vessel to get your fucking placement on. Well, you don't even realize. You can just text them two seconds and be like, yo, it's, yo, here's this beat. Get to know me, motherfucker. Say, what's up? How you doing? Elevator speech at least, bro. Say some shit. Some consideration, bro. The fuck? I'm sure you've had some people that have hit you up be like, how, how do I get to Conway or Westside or one of those Griselda dudes? Like, that's not it. It's like, yo, meet me. There was a, co and me. I, I hate talking shit about people on the podcast, but this story is really important. I don't mind. There was a comedian who loved Griselda. Before I worked with them, we would talk about Griselda all the time. That was what we talked about. Then I started, like, meeting them and hanging out with them. And the first day I posted a picture with them, he wrote some shit about my it podcast on Facebook. Like, he didn't say bucked up podcast, but I, it, was, it, it was it was that. And I'm like, yeah. if you were not, if, like, you just got, like, we were cool before. Like, you just got jealous. Like, I'd bring you to a show if you were cool. But, like, because you had to get this, like, he got and I didn't, so fuck him mentality, you ruined it for yourself. That's the making those decisions. You can make those decisions, jealous decisions, and your life will be ruined because you'll be a yeah. jealous prick for well, the rest of your life. That just put a stain so much on your soul that you're talking about it now. 
at fucking 11 at night in a hotel in Mohegan Sun. I remember a lot of those things, those slights. Absolutely. That might be... The people who did it might not even remember doing it they to me. the most. I'd rather someone tell me, go fuck yourself, than like a slight. Because at least someone that has the confidence to say, yo, I don't want to fuck with, I don't fuck with you no more. Go fuck yourself. That that is That takes more balls. That takes more confidence. When you slight me and you say some shit indirectly, that's some more pussy shit. And that shit affects me more. Because so I'm like, why does he still want to be cool with me? And he throws these little slights out there. You know and that mean? goes back to they just want like what you have when in the end no one has anything like if you're not that artist you're not like you're not gonna help anyone with that i'm not gonna help anyone with anything other than just being myself because everything i've gotten i've gotten off of just trying to be right and do my own thing never like ask no one for nothing never i will say this though there was like one artist that kept tagging me and chris webby and everyone in chris webby's team every fucking hour bro every day it was like literally like you I gotta show you this, bro. Like a million different tags, ten different stories, just so many different tags, so many different tags. Bro, eventually, like two weeks in, I'm I cracked, bro. I'm like, bro, why the fuck are you doing this, bro? Like, why do you keep tagging me on all these stupid posts? Are you rapping? You know, I'm like, you know what? Tell you what. You wanna pay me for my studio time? Book a session, motherfucker. I'm gonna test you. You have enough, because at that point, you're so consistent, you have enough effort to be able to write a post every single day for a week straight and not stop without me saying anything back. I don't have to say a goddamn thing. You're hungry. There's a difference. Like, I'm starting to see a hunger now. So then I'll give them a chance. I'll be like, all right, pony up the bread. Pay for a session. You know what I'm saying? Um, and my asking price is not cheap. But if you're that dedicated, you will. Because you already know what it is. You know what I mean? So if you're willing to do it, like, bro, I've wasted thousands on beat showcases back in the day. All kinds of shit. Pay for play. Blah, blah, boom. Whatever. Blah, blah, blah. Fuck that. You're going to pay. I'll charge you for a session. You want to do it? Let's do it. You know what I'm saying? So I give people a shot sometimes, but it's the people that just make like one slight. They're like, how do you send a beat the token? Whoever. Then Fuck you, motherfucker, bro. Well, I think you know, shit. that's something I'm really going through my mind hard with. Can you pass me my water, babe? Oh, I can grab. I'm parched. I can hand it. I'm going through like, do I take money to interview people? Like, that's a question that I ask myself all the fucking time. Take Bitcoin? (laughs) I have no Bitcoin. Yeah. Fucking up. But do I, like, people ask to pay to be on, and it's like... It's it's a hard thing because it's if they have the money and they want to do it, then I get it. But it's also it ruins your like I don't know. For me, it's like that's an artist I don't fuck with on my show. Yeah, and that just ruins the integrity of what you're trying to do. You know, I asked you to be on the show. You know, um, you probably knew of some of my work before you even met me through Tash. But then like, and then you got to know who I was, and you're like, oh, I, I think he's dope. Um, and then I fucked with you so much. I'm mad that the other part, but it's like I wanted to hang out. Like I'm happy we We're just got to do over that shit. We do it. Sorry, McGeon. <laughs> no, but I did. I I knew of your stuff, and then Chris really spoke highly of you. Do you have a fucking NPC on here, dude? Do you have this in the shot? Oh yeah, right here, right? Yeah, yeah those right. are just drops. So if you hit it, it's gonna make sound effects. What, what, what's That's so- crickets. Crickets. Mm-hmm. Oh shit. Okay. You can't hear it because I have the headphones on. Okay, gotcha. So <laughs> that's fire. Okay, 
crickets. How do you know? Like, okay, so what's this one? I don't know. You're, oh, it's like chimes. Oh, I definitely want the headphones. Can I have the headphones on? Yeah. Fire. <laughs> we got, I want to start enabling this site during the fucking interview, bro. This is going to be sick. Who does this, bro? The guests don't do this shit. I do. You're like, fuck the headphones. Fuck the headphones. <laughs> you don't want the headphones anymore. Which one's mine? Two. Two? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, perfect. Oh, this yeah. has a nice little compression, man. I like this. Yeah, and then you can... Oh, nice. Okay, okay. <laughs> Some disappointing sounds, man. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, oh, hard mute. Okay, cool. I'm like fucking A-Rap music over here. Wait, I have to show you the funnier version is bank two. Okay, you have different banks. I just have West Side Gun ad libs and then Will Will Ferrell. Yelling everybody at this moment that he knew. Oh, that's my intro song. I love that. That's fucking fire. What is this called? The road, the roadcaster pro. That's sick. I'm definitely getting one of these. See, I just this is the easiest setup, but I just wanted to show up places and do whatever. We can do it at Mohegan Sun at 11 30 at night. What What else is in there? I have no idea. You have Bluetooth, dude. What can you do with the Bluetooth, bro? I have no idea about any Hold of on. this. Sounds okay. This is your banks, right? You saw that I deleted the audio of the last podcast. I, know, I, know. I, I don't, don't want to do that with this one, bro. <laughs> I'm about to delete that. Where is the Bluetooth? I just saw Bluetooth. Oh, um, can you get back to that? I don't even know. Channels, Bluetooth, Bluetooth. Okay, presets, level. What the fuck? You- and then this is the Bluetooth button. I can cast from my phone. So I can turn on Bluetooth. This is very interesting for people what? to listen to us figuring out Bluetooth. This is sick. Well, yeah, it's like we're fucking. It's like 2005. <laughs> figuring what? out Bluetooth for the first time. What's this? It's Bluetooth going. It's going away on. anyway. Let me see Bluetooth. Wait, wait, okay, let me see if I see the roadcaster. Glowst. Oh, what the fuck is Glowstone? Oh, unpair. Oh, I don't want to fuck it up. What's unpair? What it's you paired pay- to my laptop right now. Okay, yeah, yeah, don't fuck that. Okay. <laughs> Do you have any reverb on my mic? I probably could, but I don't know how to do it. What channel am I? You were talking about, like, sound. Like, you know the decibels of okay, each channel one, fucking channel two? Okay, in my channel voice. two. Voice. Okay, tone. Tone. It would probably be under tone. Tone high. Yo, 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 deep. It's like the Howard Stern effect. Yo, what's going on, bro? See, um, strength. Yo, 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 yo. It doesn't sound any different to me. (laughs) There's no difference to the sound right now. Good job, Road. You fucked up. Uh, Audio processing. Let's go, dude. Or excited big bottom. Nice. I bought this thing because they told me it was the the easiest one to set up. Nice noise gate, noise gate off. 
What if you said something and then I just did the echo and that was the reverb? <laughs> level. Level. Level Level Phantom Power. Phantom power. <laughs> Damn, there's no reverb, dude. Fuck road. Fuck the fucking. <laughs> what, what's, the, what's your obsession with fucking reverb? I just want some fucking reverb on my voice, dude. You didn't even want headphones earlier. Uh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're right, dude. Right. You're you're a fucking a phony. <laughs> you're a headphone phony. <laughs> oh my god! There was definitely a shooting in the parking lot earlier. There was. Yeah, you took the condom off. Yeah, I took the. Con- I kind of like the condom off. <laughs> you're raw. I like deal- it raw. You're raw dealing. Like, like raw, raw dog in the pocket. Maybe I should call the hotel right now and ask him if there was a shooting in the parking lot. <laughs> Hold on, they're not gonna say anything. I'm just gonna ask him. Be like, hey, I saw something on the news. What's going on here? Hey, <laughs> there Mohegan, were cops all over Mohegan the fucking sun. Number. Hold on. I gotta find this out right real quick. No, it's fine. We we got this. We got this along. I'm going to check right now. Make sure there was in the winter garage. (laughs) The winter garage. (laughs) There's there's a park. There's a uh, garage in here called the Indian Summer Garage. Such a vibe. You're not getting kicked out. All my my wife does is just worry. You, you. What if they were the sponsor of this podcast? Just like how you almost (laughs) lost my last sponsor on the last podcast. Thank you for calling Mohegan Sun. Uh, for your momentum. Thank you for calling Mohegan Sun. Are you recorded for quality assurance. Everybody love everybody. Everybody. They're everybody. not gonna hear it. Every. Everybody. Everybody. It's not going to work. There definitely was a right. shooting in there the parking garage. There was definitely okay. a shooting in the parking garage. All right, cut everything before that. There was a shooting in the fucking parking lot. Dude, this guy almost got grazed by a fucking bullet. Dude. Oh, like, he who's that dude who's fucking... doing the, uh, the the interview and he's talking about being in a shootout? <laughs> <laughs> he's definitely his feet going. He's like, was it Soldier Boy? <laughs> I do. I just create the craziest story before I got up here. But no, there were just cops everywhere. Yeah, and I just bombed in Worcester in front of no people. Well, yeah. What's the worst show you've ever done? Did you? uh, How was it? No, I talked to him about that show. How was the show? There was no one there. So you went to how many people were realistically there? Like five people. Were they even into the show? No. Oh my god. Oh my god. So it's what, different do you, than what a, do you do in those situations? You just have to make the most of it. Try to make them laugh how they want. Like most people will just go into their normal material, but I can't do that. Like no one, I have so to like, kinda like improv. Yeah. Like I have to make okay. them laugh for what they want. I have to figure out what they want to, they, what Send they find funny. I want to hear that one. I, I didn't record it. Oh, come on, man. Record everything, dude. I should. Record everything. Speaking of that, I'm going to keep recording <laughs> You have, but it's different. Like, what's the worst show you've ever done? Um, you know, it's funny. Back in the day with AWOL, shout out Chris Tash again. We had a show at um Great Scott's, I think it was, or some dive yeah. bar. 
um, in Boston. And yeah, there was like no one there. Absolutely no one. We were just sitting there and performing in front of a bunch of fucking drunkies at the bar. And um was not fun. I feel like it's different with music, though. Like music, you can still go if no one's paying attention. Yeah, I guess, yeah. It's like a street performer at that point. You know what I mean? Oh, I've had to do comedy on the street in Faneuil Hall. Oh, man. God bless you, bro. That was more fun than the show tonight. I like that. I like fucking around with You people. know what's interesting? I used to do... Um, I did um, charity for this company in the street in Boston at one point. And they tried to pitch me to, like, sell, like, uh, donating to, like, kids in Africa, that whole thing. And um, the, one of the tactics was stand in front of somebody when they're walking down the street. Like, just get, like, get in front of them, like, so be fucking, they'd be fucking walking down the fucking street, bro. I'd be like, hey, hey, hey would you like to donate to this company? Oh, that sounds horrible. $5 to this kid in Africa. And, dude, everyone just didn't. Uh, bro, I almost got like fucking attacked my first day, and I just quit right on the spot. I like, just left I the pamphlets that. and walked out. Bro, I just couldn't do it. I don't know how people can do that shit. Like, it's just not me at all. You know what I mean? Especially for a company I don't really give a fuck about. Like, I had no values associated with that company. However, they did pay me the train. So I got paid like a good, like, at least three, four hundred bucks just to watch a few videos. Oh, that's nice. But you yeah. know how people like, the the tricking with the mixtape on the street where like they try to give you a oh. mixtape but then they're like all right that'll be fifty bucks that'll be twenty oh like, I hate that shit in L A that's so apparent I would rather you slide in my DMs with music than do that yeah <laughs> that's like old school it's like are you gonna give me a fucking CD <laughs> the optical technology get the fuck out of here dude be <laughs> fucking Thomas Edison go fuck yourself this is so out of date man. You know, I remember being in L.A. Like, they would literally put the CD in my hand. I'd be, like, looking at it to be like, yeah, you owe me 20 bucks now. I'm like, bro, you are forcing it, dude. <laughs> Fuck out of here, man. Is there is there, like, a different sound quality of vinyl and shit versus, like, digital? Yeah, of course. Vinyl's just fucking wax with a fucking needle, bro. I, I don't even think vinyl sounds that great. Yeah, everyone says it sounds better. That's... <laughs> Uh, no, I don't. I don't agree. It, there's a limited, there's a limited fidelity to what's going on. There is some type of analog magic with like it's straight analog from the wax, or whatever. You know, you have some frequencies can sound a little smoother through there. You feel like you hear more, but digital is way more pristine. You hear way more shit. I mean, like it's just it's a no brainer at this point in 2022. Whoever's saying that vinyl's better is fucking. Just it's all placebo, man. Go fuck yourself with your Bowers and Wilkins bullshit. Fucking suck my dick. I don't fuck with that vinyl shit. I want that digital shit, man. Give me that <laughs> digital shit. That's how everyone's recording this shit. The fuck you gonna put on vinyl after? It's degrading the fucking quality. Horse shit. I'll fuck with that. <laughs> but it's all gonna disappear, and then all I have left is shitty vinyls. <laughs> <laughs> but even that goes to shit after a while. It crackles, pops, it warps. You know, at least with digital, people are so upset at you right it. now. People love vinyl. I mean, I have vinyls. I don't. I, I, I enjoy playing a vinyl. It's it's definitely a vibe, but the quality. Come on, dude. Whoever's saying the quality's better on vinyl is full of shit. Period. 
Period. You know how they put the crackling on music now? So I do that all the time. Like, <laughs> I do it all the time. So, 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 so it sounds better vinyl. It's no, 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 because you know what it is? Because it trains people's ears and the people that think that vinyl is better. Put a little bit of that crackle in it. Actually, this is a Charlie Puth technique. He does the same shit. You can catch him on YouTube talking about it. He did it with uh, one of his big hits back in the day. You look up his, one of his tutorials, probably the first one you see on YouTube. He says, oh, I put a little bit of vinyl crackle in every single fucking song I do. So, yeah, I do like a little bit of hiss and crackle, but it's just for nostalgic purposes and the fact that people are just so acclimated to it. But digital always sounds better, period. Especially like DSD and high formats. There's nothing that even competes besides like the live thing in person, you know? See, I don't, my brain doesn't work like that. Like everything sounds the same. Like when you were like, this is this decibel at the con- at the show. I was like, everything just kind of, like, I don't think about, like, I went to a venue in Boston, and it was the best sounding show I ever went to, and I had never thought about it before that. It was a Griselda show at um at Roadrunner in Boston, a new club. I haven't been to Roadrunner. It's like a bigger House of Blues. No shit. House of Blues has a pretty good system, too. A lot of, like, um school engineers, like, uh, uh, interns go over there. When they're uh, getting into the field, so they have a pretty good sound system. What's sound make too? What two? Oh, yeah, it's so just sick. another Grizz. It's another West Side Gun ad lib. Who would you want to work for? Work with? I see. Um, I'd be down to work with some of these guys. Griselda. I mean, I've worked with um, Ben and the Butcher with Tokens Project. That was cool. Um, Amsterdam. Amsterdam. Um, I produced on that. Um, out of all those dudes. No, um, I just mean in music. It doesn't even, even have to be rap. Right now, I am into... Um, who am I? What am I into right now? Damn. Just someone like, it's weird because I have such fleeting thoughts about like new artists I listen to where like I just will listen to them real quick and be like, oh yeah, that was cool and pass on. Um, I mean, every, right now Steve Lacey has a huge hype coming around his shit. He's pretty cool. Oh, I heard his new album was really good. I didn't listen to it though. Yeah, I mean, he's got a cool movement. Uh, you know, Todd the Creator is really co-sending him a lot too. Um, that's like a whole genre that Tyler created. It is. It is like Odd Future. Then just kind of like branched out and took over like a generation of kids who like zoomies. Yeah, yeah, like artistic culture, like um, very jazz rap oriented. Um, yeah, definitely, I agree with that for sure. Um. I've never been a huge Tyler fan. I loved Goblin when it dropped, which is weird. Like, I'm one of those people that, like, I love, like, Kendrick's Good Kid, Mad City. Oh, that's my favorite album. Kendrick album. Unpopular opinion, but I'm, I'm with you. It's his best one, yeah. I'm with you on that. It's like how Born Sinner is J. Cole's best album. But I loved, like, Tyler the Creator. Well, Odd Future's, like, Goblin album. I love that album. It was just that rawness. It was the first intrinsic energy shift from that culture that they were immersing themselves into. And I think there's nothing that can replicate or do better than that period. I think 
once you do that first effort of like, and especially when you first like get through the scene and you're breaking through, it's always the best. And I think after that, if you got really successful, you know, you could do good shit, but it's not quite what you did before. Because you have this certain like the uh, pizzazz to you shit. You had a certain drive, a certain sound, a certain like, yo, I got to prove myself. Do you think you you got to that dragon or are you still chasing it? I think with some artists I have, um, like, you know, like join us five away project tokens between somewhere project, even Webby's like raw thought series, like in this new era of his shit. Like I think artists have breakthrough moments that we have to live up to the standards of that. I think with my own shit, the Kevlar soul brand I'm doing my own shit. I haven't gone there yet, but I will mark my words within like a year, the way it's going to have a whole project plan for release eight nineteen. I have singles releasing after that. You know, I plan on getting that motherfucker up there pretty high. Um, the difference is with the song, songs I want to do is that everything's going to be so fucking different. It's not even going to be a fucking standard to follow. So by the time, like, someone's into a sound, it'll be in a whole different wave. Whole different wave. You and know? what made you now do this push right now? Um, You can ask my wife back there. Um, for you years got it right al- that time. I've always... um try to do my own shit and I've never had the confidence. I never knew what to do. But then when I worked on with three artists and turned them into multi-millionaires off of this shit that I'm like, yo, if they can do it and I can do the music with them, I can do it myself. And to be honest with you, I'm, I'm not even trust on cocky. I think I'm better than everyone else I work with. I think I'm better than fucking a lot of people in the industry on real shit. I try to be the best. You know what I'm saying? So, um, how did you get rid of that feeling that you weren't good enough to now being like, I'm the best? Because I made three people millionaires, you know, and I, I know for a fact, I mean, they could have done it themselves somewhat, but I know for a fact, as soon as I was in the equation, every time, whenever I do the record, the numbers go up, baby. Numbers always going up. That proof is in the motherfucking pudding, bro. I have the reason to be cocky about that shit. The numbers always go up when I'm on the record, period, period, period. You know what I'm saying? And if I was in L.A., I would have been on mad industry cuts, industry, the shit you see in L.A., all that shit. I don't give a fuck about that shit. I stayed out here, killed it out here, made the scene out here. You know what I'm saying? Awards or not, bro. I look at the awards like they're fucking peasants to me, bro. Because you're not nominating the guy that's doing the hardest shit out here. You're a fucking bunch of clowns. You know what I'm saying? Straight up. Real shit. You know, so when it comes down to it, like, I'm just ready. I have the full confidence. I know what my worth is more than ever. And I'm ready to fucking prove it. You know what I'm saying? And that, like... Bro, I'm having people that make it hit records hit me up about the fucking song with 100, 150 streams on my Kevlar Soul thing. I didn't even add sense anything yet with a new name, whole name. You know what I'm saying? Like, when you have a new name, bro, it's different. You know what I'm saying? It's even like, uh, what was it, PG Lane with Kendrick. Like, that shit didn't take right off. Like, you drop some random shit like PG Lane. What the fuck is PG Lane? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, shout out to Kendrick and that shit. I think it's just fire. Like, but... Like, you, you drop a new thing, bro, you, a new thing, it's like, you got to grind that out. It's like fucking uh, Mark Zuckerberg with the meta shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? People don't fuck with that shit. Like, a fuck meta. Like, that's a fucking trillion dollar company, bro. That's a lot of money, bro. That's a lot of push. But motherfuckers like, nah, I don't fuck with Zuckerberg, man. I don't fuck with that motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? And they even know what meta was. Oh, Facebook? Oh, what, what, what's meta? You fuck with Zuckerberg? I don't fuck with Zuckerberg. I mean, I I think he's a genius in his own way, but I think he just he sold his soul to a bunch of companies that invested into to Facebook and Meta, and now he has to have his e. I call it ESG scores going up. Do you think you have to sell your soul to make it? 
in certain industries, yes, 100%. 110 fucking percent. And listen, hey, I'm willing to sell out to some things if it makes sense for what I'm willing to sell, but I will never sell my intrinsic morals and my values in which I hold deeply that I've, I've probably gone through some of it earlier in this interview. But, you know, like if Colgate wanted to fucking, or I'm not even going to say the name, if some type of brand wanted to sponsor me for some shit and it was the right check, I'll take it. But again, I would never sell out my moral value. So if it broke that, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it. But do you think you have to do that at some point to make I, it? I think it depends on what you're trying to do. I think if you're trying to be like the hottest shit, yeah, you do. But I think, I think what I'm trying to do is just make art that transcends the same way like death grips. Death Grips, like, that. you go to anyone in this fucking hotel, they don't even know who the fuck Death Grips are, bro. Guarantee you, most of them won't. They have a huge following, huge following, huge cult following. JPEG Mafia, same thing. That's what the whole, that's what the it is now. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And I think you don't need to do all that selling shit. You know what I mean? You can just do what the fuck you want to do. You can make the art you want to make. Music is so gumbalaya, so at this point, you can do whatever the fuck you want. You know what I'm saying? So... That's, that's what I'm on right at, at this point. But I don't mind, like, doing an ad for some shit if I fuck with it and it doesn't go against my moral beliefs. You know what I mean? So, Man, thank you for doing a second fucking pod. You can do the drop. There we go. Thank you for doing a late night podcast. It was at this moment. She doesn't even hear the it's dropped. This has been a bucked up podcast. It's been a bucked up one. I will say the first one was a little bit more funny. I think this one was a little bit more cut to the point, though. Yeah. The first one, we're like warming up. This is more like. This is also late night. This is really late night. Late this night, Sam is. 11.47. People don't realize my my like hours are 10 to 10. That's like when I I run at my peak performance. Are you going to hit some slots or no? Yeah, I'll hit some slots. All right, let's go. You ready right. to do that, Ben? Goodbye. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah.